The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. How is it going? This is going to be a happy podcast, I think. It's going to be a good one. (laughs) It's our job. That is our job. It's not our job, Corey. It's our pleasure. I've always said, when this becomes a job, I'm out. You're right. You're right. (laughs) No, but we we have a duty. (laughs) Duty. it depends how much it pays. <laughs> I feel we can week out, man. That's the way this, I look at it. That's true, man. I don't, I don't like to complain on the pod. I don't want to, you know, there's a time and a place and it's not here. By the way, welcome back, Corey. Thanks, buddy. You were yeah, missed. Uh, well, it's been a bit of a rough time. <laughs> Just uh, hanging in there during these uh, dark and darker times. But you can't keep me down, man. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait. It's, it's been such a rough time that the collecting update did not even suffer a road bump. No, it actually got a speed bump. <laughs> Not even a Mario speed bump. Ones, you know? Nothing. In fact, you, during this, the darkest of timelines, your collecting has gone up. Your collecting is matching the curve of the COVID-19 here. Yeah, you're, you're kind of right. But that's what I meant. Like a speed bump in the sense that, like, you know, Mario Kart, when you hit those little arrows and you're like, boom. Like, yeah, why not? I mean, especially. Uh, like yeah, said, why last... not? Why not? You know. Whatever. It's not like I'm going shopping. Anyway, it's been a good time, man. Uh, I've been really getting into it. I found some good deals, made some trades. Pretty, pretty stoked about that. I, I needed that, you know, kind of lifted my spirits a bit. Well, wh- why don't you lift the spirits of others who uh, who were concerned about you? Tell them, tell them you're okay. I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, just hanging in there, you know, <laughs> getting used to the new normal. I guess you want to call it. It's temporary, but, Corey. I know. It's just, uh, yeah, it's been a bit of bit of a rough time, especially with everything that's going on, but. Uh, Hey man, everybody's okay, and cause that's all that matters, man. Like, Absolutely. honestly. But uh, yeah, it's ugh, it was rough. The first few nights, relatively sleepless. So it's a lot on your mind, a lot to think about, and uh, I don't know. It's I don't wish that on anyone, honestly. Like, again, we're, we're we, everybody got pretty lucky, but uh, it could have been worse. And uh, I don't I don't know what else to say, man. It's it sucks, but you know we're hanging in there. Like I said, and everybody, so we got each other, and yeah. I mean, if anything, we're gonna come out the other side closer. You know. Well, that's the yeah, that's the silver lining. That's that's the best possible outcome for that. So yeah, hang in there, man. Yeah, we had a first. You know, we're all settled in now, pretty much for the most part, and sat down last evening at this new safety home or whatever we want to call it, safe house, the safe house. So, sat down with the family and watched Clone Wars last night. So that was yeah, that was something like <laughs> Clone Wars. Well, I just want one thing about it before we we're not going to get there, but for a while. But just doing it, I watched it the night prior, right? The when it came out on the Friday, but the Saturday night, the family just really punched it home, man. Like it just made it a lot better. 
on so many angles. I enjoyed it so much more. It was so much more emotional watching their reactions. Like it was pretty goddamn heavy episode. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely we're going to get there. We'll have, I think we'll have a lot to say on that angle for sure. Uh, Carlos, what's going uh, on? I just want to say one last thing, man. Oh, okay. It's your show. Everybody, everybody who reached out to as well. I'm really thankful and appreciative of that, man. Like it means a lot, man. This community that we're part of, like, it's honestly like a family, you know, and again, like everybody really reached out. I appreciate that a lot. Yep. No doubt. We have, we have a great, great group of people here that, uh, we care, we care about one another and that's, and it showed this week. Carlos, how are you doing over there? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, can't really, uh, can't really complain. But you just, can. Uh, I mean, if the floor is yours. If you want to complain, go ahead. No, ah. positive. Positive. <laughs> you said it. No, no. Uh, no, everything's, uh, everything's, I mean, all things considered. Uh, my kids are healthy. Uh, I'm healthy. I, I, I can't complain. And I choose not to, so. Well, there you go. Choosing not to. Isn't, isn't that a novel approach? Choosing not to. That's great. <laughs> Imagine uh, that. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I I could complain too. You know, I'm jobless. This sucks. But I'm not going to complain right now because there's a lot of good things to, to talk about. Uh, things could be a lot worse for a lot more people. So I'm not going to. I choose not to complain. Um, Corey, why don't you <laughs> take the next half hour and update us on what you're doing with your collection? Yeah, you know, let's. Uh, I'll run through it really quick, but really marvel heavy i don't know i bought a beast about a month ago to trade or sell and i found who i was looking for to pretty much finish my x-men collection was jubilee so that's on the way uh managed to land a red hulk which i've really been looking for the thing is badass uh the new venom who is equally big and badass it's pretty awesome then i found two good deals on amazon there was the family matters three pack which is magneto quicksilver and scarlet witch so that was i don't know i needed a magneto so said why not and then there was also the defenders four Get pack two freeloading pieces. kids with them yeah why not i like quicksilver the old school comic book version with white hair you know anyway the defenders four pack daredevil jessica jones iron fist and power man or luke cage whatever so that was pretty sweet <laughs> that made me feel a bit better uh, geez, that's, that's like, uh, what? 11 different Marvel Legends figures picked up this week. Uh, four, seven, eight, nine, 10. <laughs> you made it to double Fine. digits. Congratulations. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Nothing Star Wars. No, uh, there's a few things that came in the mail that landed at Kyle's, but I think I'd already talked to them uh, about them. They're still wrapped up in everything. It's going to be like Christmas. Is that the Bly and Dooku in the, uh, that white package? No, that's, uh, I believe it's clone captain and clone sergeant. Cool. Yeah. I mean, my collecting update is simple. It, it, you know, if possession is nine tenths of the law, I've got a whole bunch of stuff here that belongs to Corey, <laughs> which now <laughs> belongs to me. <laughs> yeah. You, you take, you take a, you play a dangerous game, leaving your stuff here with me like this. I'm looking at it right now. There's. Boy, I'm so worried about you. I said, what's the kids when I dropped it off? They're like, they're like looking at me like, what's in the boxes? I'm like, special things. No, it's not for you. 
It's like, what's in there? <laughs> you know, I got to say, though, that, that three-pack of, of uh, Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Wolverine, that Wolverine is awful. The, like, the uh, face on that Wolverine is awful. Whatever. That's another thing, too. I was kind of, like, making a list the other day. I think I have about seven different Wolverines at this point. It's a lot of Wolverines. I approve. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, Carlos, how's it going with your collection? Well, then. <laughs> uh, okay, so I went crazy. And uh, the Kijiji hunt was real. Uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what, that's pretty much the go-to at this point, right? Yeah. The, the, no, definitely. The, it, it, you can't, I can't go in stores. And so, I mean, it's the only thing that uh, there's eBay, there's Kijiji, and there's online shopping. And um, uh, I'm pretty sure if you check in our uh, in our feed right now, you're gonna see a picture of uh, I picked Jesus. up I picked up four sets on <laughs> Whoa. four sets on uh, what day before yesterday Friday yeah uh, four sets on Friday so hours of fun <laughs> I got the um, uh, Darth Vader's Tie Fighter. Uh, the, from the 10th anniversary, so it's a 2009 set. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's easy that. to get. Yeah, no, it wasn't, but I mean, uh, it's it wasn't, it's it's not the nicest. I mean, the box was totally scribbled on. Um, so it's it's not something. Sorry, it's not something that I'm going to be able to like um, resell. Flip in, yeah, resell in box. It's it's. Um, but I, I got the the full. Um, Full Tie Fighter with the the chrome uh, lightsaber hilt Darth Vader, which is awesome. Uh, I got the um, the 2012 uh, Tie Fighter with the Darth Darth Maul on the box. Yeah, is that like a Rebels thing? No, it's just an Imperial Tie Fighter. It's just a regular uh, Imperial Tie Fighter. The Darth Maul is just uh, the box art for that year. Um, so this was like the upgrade on, on the TIE fighters. Uh, before that, the TIE fighters had like blue markings on them. Uh, they were pretty ugly, uh, before this, uh, this iteration of, uh, of TIE fighters. Well, the solo TIE fighter is still the one to beat for me. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's, the, it's, the, um, easily the nicest Imperial, uh, I mean, apart from the UCS. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so yeah, it's, um. That one's awesome. So now I have the this Tie Fighter. I have the Sith Tie Fighter from the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I picked that up. Uh, I I kind of <laughs> I made a an allusion to the joke that uh, I was uh, dealing with somebody who probably got them with a stolen credit card and was selling them for under. <laughs> so uh, I saw that she was selling this one for eighty five uh, instead of the uh, the regular one ten. Um, and then I saw that she was selling the Pose X-Wing also from the Rise of Skywalker, the orange and white. Uh, she was also selling that and it was at 95. So I said, wow, oh, come on. Yeah. Instead of the 120, it's like, yeah, I had no choice. So I did uh, three stops on, on Friday, uh, for those who, who don't know, maybe you want to Google map it. it I, was, I went to Mirabelle, oh, which is about, no. a, that's enough. Is about enough <laughs> an hour north of montreal and then i went all the way down to the south shore uh in uh, longueuil oh 
<laughs> and then I went back to uh, to St. Leonard before coming back home. So it was like about a 200 uh, kilometer. Carlos is a super that, spreader. That sounds, you heard it here first. That is, <laughs> my, that is my nightmare. Those are like my nightmare spots, having to go up the 15 or the 13 and then onto the south shore and then into the east end of Montreal. Dude, that is that is my exact description of hell. That oh yeah. god. I if if anybody ever wants to say, well, how Carlos how dedicated to Lego is Carlos? He went through hell. Literally hell. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. There was I oh. mean, there's no traffic to speak of, right? So I it's guess. not <laughs> it's not that bad. You know, yeah, like you didn't get pulled over while you're on the roads. Lego, idiot. Yes. I'm an essential worker. Yeah, I'm picking up Lego. Speedy yeah. delivery. <laughs> Step aside. Anyways, let's not uh, let's not burn my cover here uh, on, the, on the show, Corey. <laughs> Seriously, whatever. Super spreader. <laughs> Anyways, so it's like um, 200 kilometer radius. <laughs> and then I went. Then I went back on Kijiji and I saw a couple of those uh, older sets, uh, the ones that I was telling you about. Uh, I'm really, really going hard on the Tie Fighters right now. The fetish so, is real. Oh my god, yeah. You see, and going hard or getting harder? Both. And then, um, so <laughs> uh, there was one that was a tie, uh, you know, with the three wings. What is that? That one called the tie defender, I think. Yep. Thrawn's thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was that one, and was, uh, that guy had had two different um, two different tie fighter models, but I, I wasn't able to negotiate with him and. I wasn't willing to pay the extra 10 bucks that he wanted. Um, Ooh, for, that was for... the hill to die on? It's not that. It's just that I don't want to base my whole collection on stuff that I got used. Gotcha. Like if I, if I can get a couple of TIE fighters for like old models for like 35, 40 bucks, then yeah, okay, I'll jump on them. I don't care if I don't have the box. But for some models like that, that um, the 2012 one, the mall uh, tie fighter that one I, I I needed in you because like for the price I paid it cash I could open this box set it up and resell it for more than what I paid for sure absolutely so I did a little bit of good business there and then earlier before uh, jumping on the podcast I just dropped another picture into that uh, into our thread there. You're going to see what I ordered <laughs> from uh, Lego.com. I oh got the. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I got the TIE Fighter Pilot helmet, the Boba Fett helmet, and the Slave One 20th Anniversary <laughs> Edition. Support your local retailer, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Yeah, no, I went hard. Cleaning up. Well, you're picking up the hard. slack for me, man. My cat, my hat's off to you because uh, I got nothing, nothing, absolutely blanked again. Well, once this order ships, I'm gonna have uh, forty bucks of um, of Lego points to redeem, and it's almost May the fourth, so there's gonna be double points uh, happening. So I'm probably gonna pick up the uh, the deal. Um, the the buildable character and um i get the double points for that and then turn all those things over and get that ucsa wing oh god oh that thing looks great 
It really does, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, man, that's a that's a great week, both of you. It's, it's a really busy week in collecting. Make like picking up the slack for me for sure. But you know, I, I don't know how the psychology of this works for me because I don't really miss it. Like I'm not here going, oh my god, I have nothing. I can't like I don't know if it's because I know I'm not working at the moment, so just put it put it aside, compartmentalize, don't worry about it. Or if it's just because, you know what, I'm okay. Like I'm not spending. This is cool. So I don't know. I don't know what what uh, side of that battle is winning right now. I don't know what's going on. But uh, I, this is going to happen. Uh, May 12th is going to have an updated version of the N64 Star Wars classic game, uh, Pod Racer. And that's yeah, coming to PS4 May 12th. You can bet your ass I'm on that one. Oh, How does that work? Is that like a downloadable game? Like you go online well, yeah, to you, get it? Yeah, you can... Any PS4 game you you can get online, so maybe it's only. It's like be, a, I don't think I don't know if they're. I don't think they get disc. disc. Yeah. Um, whatever. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm like, you know what? My son is gonna love this game. He's been playing the crap out of Battlefront Battlefront Two, but I'm like, he's gonna love this game so much. So I showed him a video of like some of the other Pod Racer games that are out there on YouTube, and he's like, he was freaking out, and I, I'm like there's a game coming out very soon he's like can we buy it can we buy it he's like he watched two hours on our big screen tv on, on youtube of just pod racing videos n64 like these other versions of that game he just watched like two hours of people playing pod racer and loved it and he's so excited to get this game uh yes. so that that will happen may 12th for sure I'm, we're gonna pick that up money or no money uh that's what credit cards are for and that's future Kyle's problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like Carlos, you mentioned May 4th. That That is around the corner. Uh, some big plans kind of as we segue into the news here. Uh, big plans for the May 4th celebrations this year, especially on, on the Disney Plus end of things. We're going to get, this is a surprise, the, the debut of Disney Gallery, which is a new show hitting the service uh, on Disney Plus. This one called The Mandalorian. And it's going to give us eight episodes taking us behind the scenes of the making of the show. And the quote on StarWars.com said, Each chapter explores a different facet of the first live-action Star Wars television show through interviews, never-before-seen footage, and roundtable conversations hosted by Favreau himself. Topics this season include the filmmaking process, the legacy of George Lucas' Star Wars, how the cast brought the characters to life, the series' groundbreaking technology, the artistry behind the show's practical models, effects, and creatures, plus the creative influences, the iconic score, and connections to Star Wars characters and props from across the galaxy. I, I love this stuff so much, guys. Like, like Behind-the-scenes Star Wars is, for me, and I know for a lot of people listening, it's as interesting and satisfying to me as the movies and shows themselves. Like, I'll be all over this. Like, Especially since they took a... Like, they've taken such a big leap in how shows of this scale get made with the virtual screens and the sets that they're using. I, I can't wait to see this. How about you guys? Corey, what do you think? Dude, uh, I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the Rise of Skywalker documentary. Like, I've always loved documentaries. Like, back in the day when I was a kid, sitting there on the couch with my dad, watching stuff about Egypt or wherever it was, you know, the oceans. Just really loved it. And this drives it home for me big time. So, yeah, I'm super stoked about it. Like, again, like, first and foremost, I really like John Favreau. The guy can talk. You know, it's 
going to be an easygoing, good conversation. I'm going to like to see some of his input in the like behind the scenes stuff that he has to say about Star Wars. You know what I mean? For sure. So I think it's going to be really special. Like I'm interested in pretty much every facet of what you had just talked about from the technical standpoint to the actor's point of view to like the writing process, the art, the settings, like anyway, I think you you said it's what it's eight episodes, right? Correct. Uh, Do you know if they're hour long episodes or 30 minute? No idea. See, I mean, either way, like we're spoiled, man. Like, I'm not going to say they're blue milking it or whatever, but like there's definitely a lot to talk about. Well, there's and a demand for it too. Like we want to know. Exactly. We, we, we want to see the sausage get made. Oh, big time. And like, you know, they could have crammed it into a two hour movie or featurette, like the rise of Skywalker. But like this way, even if we're getting 30 minute episodes, it's still four hours of content. Yeah, for sure. Carlos, how are you feeling about this? I like it. I, I, uh, I'm not sure if I read it that in a, in a way that it, it was alluding to the fact that they're going to do this for every series. Uh, but I like that it's a series that goes behind the scenes of what they're doing. If, if they're going to continue doing that with the other things, then it makes it all the better. Um, uh, like you doing that's the same type of, uh, same type of platform, like behind the scenes stuff. Uh, I'd be uh, I'd be on board with that if they did that for the Kenobi series and for uh, the Cassian Andor series and whatever else they have um, coming forward. Uh, I think it's great. I'm really looking forward to it. Like when you first dropped the news, I, I hadn't heard uh, that it was going to be um, uh, coming out on on May the fourth, and um, uh, I, I was looking for it because I wanted to see it right away. So I'm obviously very, very, like, uh, very interested. So, but it gives us something to look forward to. I'm happy and I'm still a subscriber at Disney Plus. So, yeah. And uh, if, I can't wait till it comes. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I think May the 4th is the Clone Wars finale. Yep. So it could help us, could help ease the pain. <laughs> Could help us uh, take our mind off things if we need it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that was a surprise. Like, the, so we're gonna have an episode like May first on the Friday, and then May fourth we're gonna wrap it up. And, then, and that's fitting, you know, to mark the 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 occasion of of May the fourth. Why not give us that final episode of Clone Wars? It's gonna feel great. Like, I might even consider holding off watching that third episode until Monday and just. Like do that back to back hit just to wrap it up. I, and and geez, thinking about that, like I, I wonder if we push our usual Sunday recording to Monday just so we can get that thought in of, of the final, like the finale. I don't know. Stay tuned for that one. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Like who? Like who wants to hear our thoughts eight days later after the show actually wraps? You know, like is that any good? No, Kyle. It's not good. So that's what I mean. So maybe maybe we record the Monday. I don't know. Or or maybe I'll put it to a vote and let uh, let democracy rule the day. I love democracy. I'll, I'll talk to Dave and see if I can get a get us a copy early. Oh okay. Let us know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, like I'm such a huge fan of those like making of books that, that that have come out over the years, and 
you know, we've, we've spoke, we've broken down the documentaries, but like specifically the books, like I would love for them to also do a making of book for the Mandalorian with like, with, with prints from the art that plays during the credits, you know, that would, I think that would be just brilliant. And the content is now there. So now you just need a writer to take those episodes and sort of elaborate on it a bit to spin it out into a book, but I'd, I'd still plunk down for that. Oh yeah. For sure. Even if it was just one of those art of books. Yeah. I'd take that too. I would almost, you know what? I almost, I, I love the art of books so much. I'd almost prefer that, but you know, I, and I, the, this... the Mando's got some choice stuff like those images at the end of every episode, like oh, with the music, man, I was like, so good. I was in a, like a trance of my jaw, just like open, like, Ba, 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 ba. I'm like, yes. Oh, that's a good picture. <laughs> Wait, and you know what? Like at this point, like of all the Disney era content we've gotten in Star Wars, like this show, The Mandalorian, stands the best chance, and maybe maybe the only chance of giving us this kind of like super deep dive content into that behind the scenes stuff in any format, because like there's no way we're getting it for the sequels. I can't imagine we ever get it. Or like, I can't imagine we ever get like a truthful one, so to speak. Like we would get like this highly sanitized version that we'd be like, yeah, okay, guys, we, we know what happened here. We saw the reports. That's, this isn't how it went. And we would trash it, but you know, I think John Favreau has a big part to do with it too, man. Like he's, he's doing that show chef. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, like he, he knows he, what he's doing in that regard, you know what I mean? And I think he, he enjoys that aspect of things. Well, I, I kind of hope, like, do you remember that show he did way, way back when, Dinner for Five? Uh, no. <laughs> so it was it was awesome. And it only really came to my attention in the last few years. But it, it was his show. It was in a restaurant. Nobody in it. And it was just like a roundtable conversation with actors, directors, blah, blah, oh, blah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he did an episode with Abrams, uh, Mark Hamill, Stan Lee, and Kevin Smith, and himself. And they just sit around a table and just talk. It's unscripted. They just let the conversation go. But but it was so good. Like, the conversation is so great. And I hope that is baked into the show. Because, like, like with Chef, it's obvious that he loves that type of free-form discussion. And I... I I love it so much. I could listen to it all day. Like there's, there's no, a, I agree with you. There's, That's there's, what I'm saying, man. There, there is an episode of the Chef Show where he he has Filoni on. I've seen it, yeah, at Skywalker Ranch. Yeah, but there's a, another episode where they're at a restaurant in Atlanta, and he's got a bunch of the Marvel crew around, and that's a good episode too. But yeah, for sure, I can't wait to see this. Bring it on. Uh, not much in the way of real hard news in terms of content, but we did learn that uh, Cassian Andor series is adding Stellan Skarsgård, a very well-known, incredible actor, as well as Kyle Soler, who... Do you guys know this guy? Yeah, Rick, listen to this guy. Doesn't know <laughs> Kyle Soler. I have no idea who this guy is. It's the guy that's going to be in the new Star Wars spinoff. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Kyle. Yeah, okay. This guy's life's about to change. Well, good for him. Oh, good <laughs> for you. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, like, we watched uh, 
the the first two Thor movies over the last few weeks. Oh my god, me too. Like last uh, uh, this week, I watched uh, one and two. Yeah, and it's the only two. Like we did our, our more MCU watch through leading up to Endgame. We watched all of it, but Thor we left out both of them except for Ragnarok, and we're like, ah, the Thor movies aren't that great. But we watched them finally. We were just out of options. They they weren't nearly as bad as I remember them. No, the Dark World is not as bad as I. I, I that was the main reason why I. I had to go back and watch it because I compared it to the first one and it's like, it's not that it's, it's not worse. There's there. It's just different. Um, yeah, I suppose it's, yeah, they're different, but I, I, those two movies get a lot of flack and I've given those movies flack, but watching them again, I was like, they're not horrible. The no. thing about the, the, the thing about uh, the first Thor is that, it it kind of resembles a little bit uh, Yang Li's Hulk, um, the the first Hulk movie, that's not uh, in the MCU. Like it's they're, a little broody. Yeah, and and it's um, it feels very isolated. Like you know they're in the desert in in uh, New Mexico, and uh, it it was the same thing a little bit with uh, in the in the Hulk movie. There's like this isolated thing about their backstories that are really, I mean, it's uncomparable uh, with Tony Stark's um, backstory or or Steve Rogers' backstory. I mean, those movies were huge in comparison, so it's tough to it's it's tough to judge them by that same scale. But Thor is a Norse god, like uh, Thor. The the Thor wasn't invented by by Stan Lee. Like it's it's yeah. uh, it's a three thousand year old person uh, uh, demigod. You know that well, the, the, uh, the, I find the first few films really had a hard time finding it their footing. Like which direction were they going to take Thor? You know, was he going to be the super serious? Well, yeah, the, the God first two kind of had guy. Like the, a classic interpretation of Thor, where he spoke a certain way, and it was it was they were much more serious, and they finally yeah. loosened the. But belt. it changed a little. It yeah. was it Once was. It he finds his humanity a bit. It already started changing in in the Dark World. Yeah, it did. Like it it, it wasn't as, uh, and I think they wrote it that way in a little in a, in a way because like uh, after Thor one, you're going to the Avengers, right, and. Uh, Tony Stark makes fun of him yeah. for the way he talks. Point break. <laughs> and no, not only that. Does mother know you wear her drapes? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, that he's making like the Shakespeare in the park, that, that crack that he made. So it's like, I don't know, man. Yeah, it, he, he learns and he evolves. I, I just find that like uh, Infinity War and Endgame made those like Dark World and... Um, what was the other one that it made better? There was another one that it made. Oh, uh, Age of Ultron. Really, it really made that one better. So uh, I think Age of Ultron and, and Thor were obviously the Avengers is a lot better movie, but they kind of both suffered in in a way, and they were kind of redeemed by the latest iteration and and uh, uh, you know uh, just a, a little look see going back in time and rewatching those movies. I think we, um, we love wrapping stuff up in this like all encompassing. It's either shit or it's great. And you know, there's, there's layers to, uh, to, to, to the truth. 
And I don't think the Dark World was as bad as everyone says. Nope. No, I. it's by no means my favorite. It's not in the top five, maybe, probably not even top ten. But I watched it and I was like, this is fine. What was I so upset about? I, I don't get it. Anyway, uh, that's the Thorcast, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> where can we find you on social media, guys? Uh, <laughs> so anyway, back to... Uh, forget this Kyle Soller guy. Good for you, buddy. Uh, no, Nobody knows. We don't know you, so we wish you well. I think Stellan Skarsgård is going to do great in this th- series. Like, I don't know. He could do anything, this guy. And, I, and it's funny because as we were watching, the thought went through my head, like, this guy could do well in Star Wars. And he's gonna he's gonna rip it up in this. I'm sure of it. Yeah, like I have to agree with you there. Like I find, I don't know for some reason they're just so on point with casting when it comes to these shows and even in the film too. But I, I like what you said, Kyle. Like he does seem like he'd fit in really well somewhere within the galaxy. Like it's just a good casting choice. Like this guy's kind of been on my radar ever since Ronan. Oh yeah, back in the day. Like That's, that was the first that. time I. Oh yeah, it's a great one. But just that's the first time I really think I've seen him in anything for the most part. But, uh, yeah, I mean, both his son's act and all that. Like, yeah, this guy's he's got the chops and he definitely he can play a character. That's for sure. Absolutely. Anyway, so we wish them both well. We were going to welcome them both to the Star Wars family with open arms and uh, we'll see what they do with the Andor show. Someone you know has probably experienced cancer, a heart attack, or stroke. The odds of experiencing one of these are high, which could result in bills for thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket expenses. How would you pay for it? With your savings? There is another option. It's called Active Care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten to sixty thousand dollars. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. Anyway, guys, you know what time it is now? Is it banter time? It's time to banter with Bradley. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been a minute since we've heard Bradley's voice on this pod. Uh, so that Bradley's going to make up for lost time. We're going to hear Bradley for a few minutes, uh, and then we'll come back and we'll kick around what Bradley's got hey, to say. Hey, Labor. Bradley here with some Bradley banter. Uh, I got a couple questions, a couple of stories to tell y'all. Um, first off, I hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone is staying safe. And also, I apologize for any crazy background noise you may hear. I'm out in my garage today, so it might sound a little bit different than it has in the distance past since it since it has, well, that's hard for me to say, since it has been a while since I've um, called in. But anyway, let me get to my stories. So first off, um, last night, my youngest daughter, Avery, um, thought it would be a cool thing to convert our living room into a little mini theater since I had bought uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, earlier in the day and 
So she proceeded to put up uh, sheets all the way around uh, the openings of the <laughs> living room and got a couple of my LED lights and put them, replaced our regular bulbs in the lamps to kind of give it that uh, light side and dark side feel. And we proceeded to watch Rise of Skywalker. She went all out. She made up little ticket stubs for us and everything. So I thought that was pretty cool, pretty creative. Um, kind of a fun thing to kind of do, I guess. And since we can't go to the movie theaters um, at the moment, but I thought that was neat. Second story is I, uh, Tara and I actually sat down one Saturday and binge watched uh, season four of The Rebels. And um, I have to say, I really enjoyed this season. I thought it was uh, written very well. Um, I can't believe after watching it that it took me so long to actually sit down and watch the series. Um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, I was spoiled on what was going to happen in a sense. Um, I just didn't know how it was going to play out, obviously, and but I wasn't disappointed in any way. So um, I'm, I've kind of always been one of those people that even if, when I find out something about something that may happen in the movies, it's it's not disappointing to me. Uh, it's I still get a lot out of it. Yeah, it's still fresh to me. Um, I'm one of those back in 1980 uh, that read the comic. Uh, of Empire Strikes Back, um, the giant size comics that they put out. I actually read that before I actually went and saw the movies, uh, went and saw the movie, and um, it's, it still didn't disappoint me. It was still awesome to actually see it on the screen. Um, to this day, I can still remember reading the comics and, and seeing uh, where uh, the reveal is of, of Vader being his father, and it just, it's, it was, it didn't disappoint. But anyway, get back to the Rebels. Um, I thought Kanan's death, I thought that scene is like, that was so well done. I love the way it played out. It was so awesome. And um, man, it that was really cool. I love the way it ended um, with Ezra and, and Thrawn. And I have to, so, so here's, here's kind of my first question. I'm not too sure, so let me get this right. They're in the uh, world between worlds, is, am I saying that right? And what does that mean? Like, what, where are they at? Like, are, so are they still alive? Um, you know, maybe these are questions that y'all don't know either, but I'm just kind of confused. I don't, uh, you know. Are him and Thrawn like hanging out together somewhere or what's what's going on so or are they where he was or Ezra was earlier I think the episode before <clears throat> where he saved Ahsoka from uh, Vader uh, you know is are they in that place so that's that's a question I have for you as well oh another one that I'm thinking of relating to Ezra and Ahsoka, are we to assume that Vader killed Ahsoka or would have killed Ahsoka and the, the fact that Ezra 
was able to intervene and pull her out that he actually that's how uh, Ahsoka is saved in a sense so um, maybe y'all can clear that up for me since I'm not too sure I, I think I'm reading that right but uh, I may not but um, but yeah season four uh, I remember Carlos saying you know you know all things being serious watch it i won't be disappointed and dude you were spot on i was not disappointed and i completely understand why Corey is so in love with the series so uh my next question for you guys um so i was watching uh empire about a month ago and uh this is during the uh cloud city scene where Lando gets on the intercom and warns everyone to, um, you know, evacuate the city that the Empire's taken over. And maybe subconsciously, I've always known this or thought about this and just didn't really give it much thought uh, until this moment. But when he does that, I noticed after that, we only see three ships, I think I counted, that actually leave Cloud City. And I'm kind of thinking, would there be a bigger mass exodus of the city than just three ships if someone came over the intercom and, you know, said what he said? Uh, and so my, my question is, is what, what's the, uh, how, do, how do I word this? When's the last time you've had a moment watching the Star Wars series where something just kind of clicked for you or you thought about something that you've never thought of before or you maybe have but you just can't recall but it's kind of, you know, come to your to the forefront and you're like, huh, I never thought about that. Like, what's your most recent um, uh, light bulb moment, I guess, when it comes to something in Star Wars? So I'd be, I'd be interested to, to know what each one of y'all's is. And something else that I thought of also with this scene is what would have been cool is if there would have been like a lot of Star Destroyers outside of the city, you know, kind of trying to keep everybody from leaving the city. Um, kind of like what we see in, in Rogue One and obviously how we what we see in, in Rebels and stuff, where we see a lot of um, star, you know, star destroyers actually in the atmosphere. I thought, you know, since he was adding scenes and stuff um, for the re-release, that would have been cool if he would have added a little bit more stuff in there, um, you know, around Bespin. I thought, I thought that would have been cool as well. But I know they really didn't get into star destroyers being in the atmosphere until I believe Clone Wars or even Rebels, if I'm if I'm thinking of things correctly. But I know y'all are all knowing y'all y'all will know the answer to that. You'll you'll be able to tell me, oh the first time we saw a Star Destroyer in the atmosphere was, you know, blah blah blah. Um I have no doubt um y'all will know the answer to that. But there's my banter for today. I hope it wasn't too long. Hope it wasn't too boring. Hope y'all enjoyed the stories. I hope y'all have uh, some good answers for the questions I have today. Um, please be safe. Be careful. We'll all get through this. Hope conquers all. 
And may the force be with you always. Talk to y'all later. Bye. All right, there goes Bradley. Guys, did you miss Bradley? I miss Bradley. I miss Bradley. That was a good catch Bradley. Bradley from the heart of Texas. Uh, thank you, Bradley, for chiming in. Uh, glad to hear you're all doing well, keeping safe. Continue to keep safe, my friend. Um, lots there to chew on from Bradley. Lots to, that, that, this isn't like an episode there. Uh, but I, I like that, you know, one of the things, the first thing he mentioned was that their daughter Avery had just turned their living room into a Star Wars themed movie theater so they could watch Rise of Skywalker. I thought that was really, really nice. Like, you got to, you know, times like this, you got to make the best of this lousy situation we're all in. And like, right, like that even did, wouldn't even occur to me right now. But, uh, you know, Avery did a good thing. And maybe we will for May 4th. Maybe we will Star Wars up our basement and, and do a Star Wars themed thing. Maybe that should become a thing. Yeah, I agree with you there, man. Like uh, I saw, I was thinking the same thing. Like that's that's pretty sweet on her to to do that for you guys or have the idea to be that creative and imaginative and you know to actually pull it off too with the LED lights and all that. Like and just and have I, something I hope, to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It makes it makes a spectacle of it again, you know. And it's kind of always nice to watch the Rise of Skywalker for the first time at home as a family once it's come out of theaters and. To do, to do that, like, I, I don't know, I just kind of said, oh, man, I hope my kid does something like that for me one day or has the idea that I'm like, let's do it. You don't have to ask me twice. Yeah, I mean, assuming you have the materials to do it, but just get creative, use what you've got, make the best of it and have fun. That's, you know, that's a, probably a good way to pass the time. And with May the 4th around the quarter, that should be be a thing, you know, make a make a Star Wars theme room in your in your house and watch a movie and post that to so- social and Share that positivity. That's that's pretty cool stuff. Anyway, uh, like I said, lots to, lots to talk about here with Bradley's uh, email or voicemail. So he's been watching a lot of Rebels and World Between Worlds. The thing, that thing, that World Between Worlds. Uh, we can try and help clear it up for Bradley because obviously there's no firm answers on what it is, and that's you know that's Filoni being Filoni. He just doesn't want to answer questions about what it is. Um, so I don't know what it what it is, but I do know that I don't like it at all. Like I hate it actually. Like I I I hate the world between worlds because of the potential undoing of things that have been committed to. And it it speaking in, in like, you know, 2020 terms, like it drives me up the wall that this place is now the thing people lean on as maybe this is the place where or the way how Ben Solo comes back to the real world. Like that idea, it just grinds my gears right down to the little little nubs. You know, I hate it for so many reasons. Like, not the least of which is, like, what makes Ben Solo so special that after he dies and fades, that he goes to the world between worlds rather than to Force Ghost form like everybody else. Like, and who's gonna save him, Kyle? Who would save Ben Solo? Who would be the one that people would want? Ray. To bring him back. Ray. Okay. Do you think Ray would be stupid enough to do that? <laughs> knowing like we know who Ray is now and what Ray's become. Is Ezra better than Ray? I don't know. That's up for debate, I guess. But even Ezra at the wee age of I think 17-ish, maybe, yeah, realized that the potential consequences of that were were horrible. Well, so like he, if Ahsoka wasn't there to talk him out of doing that stupid thing, he would have done it. Ahsoka was like, "No, Ezra, 
listen to me. You have to let Kanan go. This is the moment where Kanan realized what he needed, like what his purpose was, what he needed to do, and he did it. And you have to respect that. You have to let him go. And it it took it it took that from Ahsoka to get Ezra to not do something drastic because they they all would have died if he pulls Kanan out of that moment. And so for Ray to go and and pull Ben out of that, it it's it, it negates the do the the act of sacrifice that Ben made towards her. And like, what would uh. she do? Like. Go back to them. I don't know how they would do it, but I just, it's, it's so stupid and so antithetical to what Star Wars is to me. Like, at least in the Skywalker saga, though, all, all this about, uh, you know, sacrifice and letting go, that's a big part of, of Star Wars and, and attachments. It would be dumb for Rey, who, ha- having gone through Rise of Skywalker and achieved whatever status she's got, whatever understanding of the Force that she's got now. And for her to go, mm, you know what? I'm going to go back and do that. Like that just undoes so much and just kicks Star Wars right in the balls. And I, I no, we don't need that. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and disagree with Kyle in a big, big way, Bradley, in the sense that I think we really needed the world between worlds for Star Wars to know that the possibilities as such things were completely limitless. The The power of the force the mystery of the force, uh, this ancient force that we kind of presume this, I don't say technology or whatever it is, comes from, is what Star Wars really is to me. And I, that's always interested me in a big, big way. Uh, we kind of learn through the lessons of Rebels that, no, we cannot do this thing, even though, like Kyle said, like, or you said as well, Bradley, that Ezra saved Ahsoka. I think that was the wills of the force. I mean, Ezra still, uh, Ahsoka still has a big role to play in the galaxy. It's Filoni kind of getting his wish as well, but realizing with Kanan that those things weren't, uh, you, you can't do that. Basically it's going to screw up the whole timeline. So he understood that. And just the fact that Ezra also destroyed that temple, uh, in the face of Palpatine, like there's no other access to it. It, it was a myth that Palpatine had been searching for for God knows how long. He finally found it through Ezra. Now, Ahsoka seems to have found one on Malachor when we jump back to Twilight of the Apprentice at the end of the World Between Worlds. And Ahsoka, to me, is could be uh, the only one who knows about it, kind of like a guardian of she knows – when she comes back at the end of rebels with that staff, she's like the Gandalf now. And there's a reason for that. Cause she's been places and seen things that no one else has. Well, you know, it's interesting. So like Bradley wonders like whether or not Ezra saved Ahsoka from Vader, like if she would have been killed, if, if Ezra hadn't interfered. And I think that is exactly what we're supposed to believe. And I did, I, you know, I looked, looked it up and there is a Filoni quote to support it. And he said, uh, you needed something implausible to make it plausible that she could escape Vader. Otherwise, Vader is going to destroy her. There's no doubt in my mind. That's a that's a Filoni quote. So I think, and him, he's Filoni's also said in the past where, you know, he and uh, George Lucas had spoken about you know, it'd be great to have Ahsoka fight Vader, but it wouldn't go very well for Ahsoka. Like she'd get killed. And they both said, mm, "Yeah, probably." 
And so I think Filoni had to come up with this crazy thing called the world between worlds. And I have to give it props, I guess, because it allowed Ahsoka to continue her story. But man, but it also opens the vastness of the force too. When you think about it, the wolves and everything that it came, how it all came together was just yeah, yeah, so no, beautiful. It was so eloquent. I'm fine with it in the way they used it. I don't ever want to see it again, but I, I hate that it's there because I know that some point somebody's going to go, we you know there's that concept that was brought forth and boy, we sure could use a little tampering with the timeline right now to bring back X character or to go back to that moment in time. And it, I just don't want to do that. It's, it's, I don't think they will, man, to be honest. I, I think really it, again, it's, not. it would show a lack Rebels of creativity. Was... Like for a company like Lucasfilm under Disney to have to say, well, we got to, we just got to keep going back to the well. Like they've, we've gone back to the well enough. <laughs> like let's, and I like that Filoni like sunk that temple on Lothal. To me, that was a good sign that, yeah, this thing is gone. This was a one and done. And Malachor, who knows? And Ezra destroyed the stuff that the, the remnants the of the the temple that still kind of made it work. He destroyed that on on the ship. Yep. Um, yeah. So there, there was something else. Um, there was another Filoni thing where it, it was. He says that it's it's a place. He doesn't want to describe exactly what it is, but he did say that it's a place where Force users go to get knowledge. Right. So like. It's not a place where you just go. It's not purgatory. It's not this place where you just go and sit and twiddle your thumbs until somebody comes and rescues you. It's a place you go to to get knowledge. And just like even visually, Ahsoka like hits those places. And then we see her out of the, the back end of Rebels in the epilogue. She's got the white cloak. She's got the staff. Like, exactly. There's a, there's a journey there. And she's acquired wisdom. The, the stuff that she was supposed to get, she got. That was oh, the yeah. purpose of that place. I agree with you, man. Like she's uh, above and beyond now what a Jedi could and possibly could should be. I don't know. Like the possibilities with her at the end of Rebels after again, like the uh, progression that she had in the ending, those tops cards again, always coming back to those Filoni tops cards of her finding another tunnel with the wolves and the Sith temple. Like, yeah, the knowledge that she's attained from there, like, puts her wise beyond her years and just in a really crazy position to to rock the Star Wars world. But, I, yep. again, I, I highly believe that they will never go back to that well. <sighs> it gives me I highly believe that. thinking like, about it. Not in well, a good way. E even think about it, Kyle. Like, Rebels is kind of isolated show. Like, we've argued about this in the past, and you kind of brought the numbers up to me, and I was really shocked about how many people actually watch the show worldwide? And not a big number. Not a big number. So why would they kind of try and introduce that at a later point? You know what I mean? Even if it were an animation or like if it becomes in a movie, even worse, like no one would know what it is. They'd have to explain the whole thing over and you just can't do that. You're not going to say, oh, you got to watch this the whole season of Rebels. No, or for that just, matter, watch the whole. give it the exposition in the movie. Yeah, but doesn't you can't give it the true exposition it deserves at that point. It took yeah, a big well. build up in Rebels. Hey, how about this? Let's, let's, how about we stop talking about World Between Worlds? <laughs> can I, can I, I just give it. my 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 uh, two cents on on the yeah, World Between of Worlds? Of course. I'm kind of with you, uh, Kyle. I I kind of wish that it it never happened. 
just because uh, it opens up too many. It's too dangerous. Um, yeah, it's 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 too dangerous, and there's there's too many things that could be loopholed, and that would probably make Corey happy. So anything that makes Corey happy, I'm against. <laughs> no, I don't want any loopholes. I want it. I want it to be a one and done, like Kyle said. The temple's closed. Ezra destroyed it. That's his legacy, or one of his many legacies. The, the giving Palpatine the finger, basically. Yeah, and as well as Ahsoka being now the sole caretaker proprietor of, uh, you know. She's the only one who really knows, and she's going to keep that close to the heart. One can hope. Anyway, um, to Bradley's other point about Ezra and Thrawn, what are they doing? They're, they are hanging out together somewhere. We don't know where yet. It's n- nothing world between worlds between those two. Uh, they got hauled off somewhere into hyperspace by the Pergils, uh, but we we don't know. We, yeah. We'll find out. There's a rumored show. In the works, but uh, Ahsoka Sabine anchored anchor the show, and it's about the search for Ezra. That's the rumor. It's supposed to come out this year. We've seen nothing about it. A bearded Ezra. And who knows, like if if uh, this coronavirus thing is going to push production of that back, it's not even been confirmed. So whatever, I don't know. But yeah, that's that's to answer all those questions about the world between worlds. Um, so yeah i hope that helps bradley um i also i also had a theory i remember i've talked about this a few times on the pod bradley that you know having done what they've done with the purgles going through hyperspace talking about them maybe like merging into one person like ezron or i always preferred thazra (laughs) jeez it's gonna be weird though like do they become buds like how does their relationship develop that should be very interesting because you know, they've been reluctant to let go of Thrawn as well, right? They did not necessarily follow, well, they didn't at all follow Timothy Zahn's way. So, you know, he's been kind of a hit, and I, I love the character as well. So keeping him around as well, you never know. This this show has, I'm interested to see where Ezra's at. I hope he's not gone crazy. I hope he hasn't let Thrawn seep into his head. Maybe he's gotten through to Thrawn possibilities are endless man but i'm team ezra i want a shirt where's ezra at <laughs> where's ezra at uh yeah so anyway moving on um bradley mentioned reading the comic to empire strikes back before seeing the movie like what a way to take in that reveal yeah that's sweet that's crazy like is this a misprint that would be the thing that goes through my head is this like is, are they misleading us? Is this comic just something to completely fool us? And this, I mean, this is a bygone era now. Like, especially if we've been uh, spoiled at that point yet. Yeah, I mean, this is this is an era where they had no problem releasing a comic book or a soundtrack before the movie came out, or a novelization for that matter. Like, no problem. It's fine. Get it out there. But wow, what a of all movies to see <laughs> before actually seeing it on screen, Empire in a comic book. That's that's wild. Uh all right, so in Empire Strikes Back. So Lando warns everyone to evacuate, but yet we only see three ships leaving Cloud City. And I for me, like I I, I gotta chalk it up to budget and time and just not yeah. wanting to divert from the central story. And there's also, um, I mean, the original trench run. I think you only see three ships at once, like from well, like 
Yeah. You know, so it, until the special editions, anyway. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I'm. Th- I mean, I mean the original movie. Like, and, and they um, reused shots. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah. For me, it's just a question of Star Wars is pulpy, man. Like, if you watch, I, I watched uh, New Hope this afternoon. Good choice. And and um, it's very pulpy. So it's like if the character says we're doing this then you just have to assume that everybody's doing it. Like, you can't expect to see everything in Star Wars. Yeah, well, my, my brain right away, like, when she, when something like that comes up, it's like, well, they were on the north side, but the south side is where the transport bay is. Even though there's there's landing platforms, like most of the the other car equipment's on the other side of the shot, you know, the what we're not seeing. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, Star Wars always does this. You know, I, I don't know that I like it, but like you said, Carlos, it's pulpy and it's, you know, we have, we're left to make a lot of assumptions in Star Wars and there's things that we are, are not meant to focus on as this, like, these movies just race along. Uh, but like it, Star Wars puts a whole planet and its whole population in danger, but you don't often see that danger or that suffering like Alderaan. Like I, I still feel nothing for Alderaan, you know, Naboo. People's people are suffering, dying. Are they? They look okay to me. Um, and in this case, in this example, Bespin, like we see one shot of like a dozen people running around a corner on a movie set, and that's it. So yeah, Bradley is absolutely right. You don't see a lot of panic in Cloud City, but I guess it's 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 nothing new to Star Wars. I think. Anyway, uh, what's his name? Will Rowe Hood was was definitely planning to get his him and his ice cream money out of there. Yeah, I mean that's that's like the most that's like an iconic moment now, just because of the ice cream maker. You know, I love how the Mandalorian like made that a thing. Yep, that was so good. Now you know why he was running. He was like, "I'm getting out of here with my best car." Exactly. Will Rowe Hood, Mandalorian. Can you imagine? Oh, God. Um, and he also mentioned, like, it, w- it would have been cool to see a ton of Star Destroyers uh, blockading the planet. And, yep, it would have been cool for sure. Like, it's it's uh, you know one of those things in Star Wars that, again, you just have to shrug off because, you know, like Bradley's right. Like, despite you know, Vader's Super Star Destroyer there, like, given the importance of that particular mission, like, Darth Vader wanted something very specific. He wanted to capture those people. When Darth Vader wants something, you send everybody. You know, like there should have been 50 Star Destroyers surrounding that planet. And you're like, just just like when they were after the Death Star plans on Tatooine. They should have sent dozens of ships to make sure nothing gets off that planet. You know, I always kind of got the I always kind of got the impression that they were. In an isolated region of space, you know, being near Hoth, which is kind of out there, and then they kind of hobble along to the Bespin system. I buy it like that, you know, like, it's the speed of plot, right? Yeah, like, oh, for sure. There just yeah, wasn't yeah. enough time. The they day, were on like, route. This is how stories get told, at least in Star Wars, where things happen because we have a story to tell. But, if, you know, we do this. Like, star fandom, I mean, does this. Why didn't they do this? Like, and that's where I'm coming from with this. It's not a, a critique, but, 
in, in a well, world one, where one we thing do pick that apart always... these movies, it's like they should have sent every single resource to Tatooine to make sure that not a single transmission, person, ship, anything gets off that planet. Because I think we spend days on Tatooine, so it's not like it's a time issue. You know, they should have locked down that planet and then call in the Death Star and just nuke the planet. That And that's that. That's, that's you know, what should have happened in an Imperial world. But again, that's not how movies get made. Uh, all right. So lastly from Bradley, uh, when was the last time something popped into your head in Star Wars that you've never thought about before? Which I guess Bradley's asking, like, have... Have we had any recent epiphanies in Star Wars? Have you have you had anything come into your mind, Carlos? Uh, I'll defer, Corey. <laughs> what are... Well, one actually just came to me while listening to to Bradley's email. Something that's always been, you know, it's at the back of your mind, but when someone reiterates it or just kind of emphasizes it, I don't even think he, Bradley meant to say it like that but he basically he phrased it like ezra saved ahsoka so i know that ezra saved ahsoka but when you think about that like i just put that on the endless list with an exclamation point on the deeds that this dear boy accomplished like the feats of the young ezra bridger man do you have an ezra tattoo on your butt cheek or something a chopper oh that makes sense <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like the the kid, the kid just did so much in that four year time span. Went through so much. Like he could shake Luke Skywalker as a child and be like, "I was taking shrapnel and K-Sod while you were crapping in your hands and rubbing it in your face." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ah, uh, anyway, like so that just kind of popped in my head. Like the significance of that, like amongst the many other feats. Again, like the fact that he did save Vader, like Kyle said it earlier i get the impression that you know ahsoka was pretty much on her last legs there like vader was starting to overpower her like she put up a good fight but it would have ended badly for her uh that being the case you know like he basically saved her and what that means for future stories is really relevant and important and it's all because of ezra bridger but the latest thing i think we talked about it earlier it was uh a couple episodes ago when we would watch the documentary, basically it was the celebration of ancestors, that 42 year time span, so like encompasses the film's time span or the saga's time span. But it was also that thing where, you know, you kind of kind of realize it, I guess, but you don't at the same time. But when Ray sees, uh, oh, what's that planet? Passana? Mas Kanata's. Oh, uh... Mas. Maz's planet. Anyway, she says, I've never seen so much Takadana. green. Oh, yeah, Takadana. Like, don't, I never knew so much green existed in the whole galaxy or whatever, you know? And then next movie, all the water. But when she sees the Festival of Ancestors, it's like, she never, in, even in the desert setting where she's from, you know, like she's never seen so many people, so much love, such a, a party of such magnitude, you know? Like she's never seen that before. And for, like, I don't know, for her to kind of see that spectacle was nice, you know, to know that kind of love and stuff existed in the galaxy kind of drives it a little further home for her character. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's people who would probably argue with you for the sake of arguing, but I I'm with you. 
Um, yeah, I think the the last one. Uh, you know what? Epiphanies? No, it, it, I I played the, I, it's still sort of like the like the poking holes game, and it's 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 not because I have problems with the franchise or the way that the stories unfolded. It's more sort of like throwing it back at people who specifically now picking on the sequel trilogy for things that star Wars has always done, you know, like they, like they make picking apart the sequel trilogy, like an, like an online personality trait, like something like, you know, um, the idea that Leia leads the empire right to the rebels doorstep on Yavin four, you know, that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. She brought, she knew the Falcon was being tracked yet. She brought the empire there anyway. Like the rebels about to get destroyed entirely, annihilated. It's because Leia like led them there directly. You know that that doesn't get talked about. My thought, uh, and I had this thought this afternoon, um, was when they're shooting uh, the the Tie Fighters, and it's the whole "We did it! Yay, we did it!" and that cheesy pulpy hug. Yeah. And then they cut to Tarkin uh, and uh, Vader about the tracking on the Falcon. And then uh, they're like, they let us get... Then Leia says, they let us get away. Uh, and, and she was saying that it was easy. A part of me today thought she read Vader's mind. Because there was a link there. And that's how that's how she turned around from, we did it, to... Nah, they let us get away. Huh. Yeah, because it is quite the celebration that she has, and only to then tell Han, like, that was easy. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. But you could also chalk that up to, like, yeah, I don't want to pump this guy's tires too much. Uh, You know, sassy, sassy carry. Yeah. But, uh, no, it it is also the writing. Even as that, if you want to go that far, like, knowing what R2's been through she knows r2 quite well like she could have been like r2 scan the ship get out there on the hole we saw you in the phantom menace you kick some ass <laughs> no I, you know uh, they, if they well well it's i mean it's too late for that because the empire did the empire did follow them right over to yavin so i and, and leia did that so i you know i guess the reach is that the whole movie is based on uh, the the rebels and Leia's desperation. So she probably figured like this is it. This is we've yeah. We've, it's the gamble because of what they did on Scarif by like declaring war on the open war on the Empire. This is it. Like we might make our stand. If this doesn't work, we're done. And so and yeah, again she gambles also... that yes, I'm going to bring these plans. And in the couple hours that I'm going to give these these rebel engineers to find this tiny 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 little error this little tiny flaw that we don't know anything about other than it exists. We're going to give our engineers a couple hours to figure it out. It was so, so buried so deep that the empire will never see it, but our rebel engineers will find it in two hours. That's, that's the gamble she made and it makes no effing sense, but doesn't it make for a great story when you pair rogue one and a new hope together? Yeah. Yeah, it does. You can also kind of almost think that Leia it was like the wills of the force too, you know, like her, her journey, you know, to get the the plans there. 
not only a gamble, but you know, she just knew that was the the destiny in a way. Sure, I mean, yeah, uh, but that's that's like trying like that's what uh, doing what what you you just said earlier, Corey. And that's just like trying to find the thread of you know making um, making things connect. Like, there's no way George Lucas wrote. No, and the note like that, that Leia, like, you know, Leia felt Vader, and I, I know what you mean. Yeah, there's no way. Like, there's there, it was never that involved, and that's why I said before that, uh, like, you know, it's pulpy. It's 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 not meant to. You're, you're you're meant to assume that there's a lot more ships there, and you're you're meant to assume that like the 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 Rebel Alliance and and the, the Rebel fleet is is formidable when there's only four ships there like it's <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not um it, it is what it is and i think we put uh, no i don't want to do that let's just move on no i mean it's, it's all for the sake of just telling a fun light story which is what it was at the time it's just this yeah. positive fun uplifting story and now that we like we've these movies are embedded in our dna like we, we pick at them and we just we look for the things that don't make sense specifically like the newer the content the more we pick at it the ot of course it's on this pedestal it's like this you know bronze statue that we can never touch but they are leaky sieves when it comes to seeing how airtight they are Pfft. poke yeah, holes a, all day some the most blatant of all of them i think when you want to say it like that is the whole Leia remembering Padme. Well, even that, you know, that, I guess that's, that's before George knew he, what he was going to do with the prequels, but I mean, you got to take that into consideration now that you're making the prequels, George, <laughs> like he made brother like, and sister no, kiss. I don't think he cares. Do that. I don't think he cares. That's, I mean, it, it, that's a blatant disregard. You know what I mean? But, uh, and like you said, Corey, there's the ultimate wallpapering of Wills of the Force. That just you know, the Force makes it all happen. That to me is like the ultimate blank check of lazy writing. Just the, the will of the Force made it happen. Um, anyway, I, I, again, this is not, none of this is meant to like slap the franchise around because otherwise I wouldn't be here. You know, I would. Yeah, I, we're just kicking these realities around. But yeah, that, I, that's why I stopped my my previous. <laughs> my I was gonna I was gonna shame people and give a speech, but like. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. And that's it. Like, look, when you think when you watch the thing, the things for the first time, unless it's something really blatant in your face, which is rare, you know, you don't give it a second thought until you really if you're going to sit there and analyze it and think about the film the way, you know, a lot of Star Wars fans do. Yeah, you're you're going to find all kinds of stuff. And well, that's yeah, like, OK. Like uh, how, how. How Luke's crappy little land speeder can find. Little R2 wandering in a desert, but the Empire's sophisticated gear can't find R2. Given a you know, given 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 those droids an eight minute head start down to the planet's surface, they can't find them. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And then like even the, the invasion of Hoth, the Battle of Hoth. Let's go around the energy field and then send the slowest vehicles we have to get them. We'll get let's But they were so cool to look but at. They're so though. cool. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> that moment, like you'll never forget that moment when you see those five little dots on the horizon, and then the binoculars zooming up the legs towards the head of the at at. Like it's that was just. Yeah. I think so like merchandising cool. rights had a lot to do with that too. You hear that song? The toys, 
the toys, the toys. I mean, like, again, like what they should have done is just taken a bunch of Thai bombers, flown them around the energy shield, and then just bury the rebels on to- with a billion tons of ice. Yeah, that's how that should have went. But what's what is Star Wars without at ats? Much crap here. So, well, no, who cares? isn't that not? I think isn't. Uh... Vader looking for Skywalker though at that point he's probably he might be uh, it's a bit of you know rationalizing it a bit but maybe it is tiptoeing a bit yeah maybe take your time dig, dig him out of the snow well <laughs> well Vader would have said oh if, if I meant to find Skywalker the will of the force will, will make him survive anyway um the last thing that I, I think this, this is not a, a, any kind of hole punching but one of the cool things that I think hit me or came to me, not not on my own. Like it had to be sh- sort of shown to me about uh, the pre- the three prequel villains are sort of disparate components of the Darth Vader character, and that didn't yeah, surface for years that. after like Revenge of the Sith. Yep, Dooku, Grievous. Yeah, like the Rage Beast, uh, the Fallen Jedi, and the Cyborg. Yeah, like those Maul. Are, yeah, those are three pieces of the three core tenets of of Vader. I thought I'm like that's that is so cool, and I can you know I, I'm not I'm not a huge Maul fan, Grievous as well. I'm sort of lukewarm on Dooku. I love, but for that sort of portrait of of Vader through those three characters, great. Love that storytelling. Um, also the the hidden the hidden musical stuff melts my brain too. It still does. Like Palpatine's theme as part of the. Uh, celebration parade phantom menace that was just a complete trip for me like mind mind melting and like even even um palpatine's theme in palpatine's theme embedded in ray's theme if you slow it down yeah that like again like was palpatine part of the plan who knows you know i i thought maybe yeah well you know maybe but then you you watch the movies as a whole and go, oh boy, it's hard to make that 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 leap anymore. But then you see something like that with John Williams putting, like it's clear as day. He knew from day one. They just didn't. <laughs> yeah, he he's yeah he's been the one pulling the strings all along. But yeah, maybe it was JJ's plan from the start to get to bring Palpatine back. And regardless of what Ryan did with with the Last Jedi, JJ's going to ram this through. Uh, like making it seamless and having it make sense be damned i'm doing this it's what i wanted i'm doing it so i will never know we'll never know for sure but to have palpatine's theme baked into rays if you slow it down enough that's another one of those moments where it's like that can't be an accident isn't palpatine's theme also at the end of phantom menace but in a major key instead of a minor yep during the municipal parade. That's such a good song. It's a full 12 years went by before that came to me. And I was just, I slid off my chair. Oh my God. Anyway, Bradley. Good. Thank you for the banter, sir. Lots there. Lots there to chew on. Good to hear from you. Keep safe. Yeah. And I'm super happy you watched Rebels, bro. Yay. Okay, so guys, um, lastly here on the show, we got to talk about the Clone Wars this episode. And I'm just going to say it 
there's no coherent thoughts for me on this. <laughs> Old we'll friends not forgotten. Oh my god, guys. Like, I don't even know how to offer up thoughts on this episode. Like, I, I feel like all we need to do is just, like, raise our scorecards with the number 10 on it and call it a night. Like, this episode was craziness. Like, it's obviously the stuff we've been, we've been waiting for all this time. Yep. Um, and it just, it goes without saying that this, it might be one of the most uh, fun and epic and satisfying pieces of Star Wars we've ever gotten. Like full stop. Even the crawl in red, right? Well, like the logo in the logo card in red, just like the green, the old school green Lucasfilm logo in just that yeah. plain Helvetica or Arial font. Like from that second, like cause we're going into this, right? We're all hyped up for Siege of Mandalore. How's this going to go? And like, they don't even let the move, like the the show, do the talking. Like they, they have so much confidence in how we're going to take this. That like from the second they drop the puck, it's just like, here we go. This old logo, we're going to give you the red title card just to increase that drama. And then part one, uh, uh, old friends not forgotten. And it's like, forget the fortune cookie with this one, guys. This is like, we're we're strapping in for a full on like cinematic experience. It's crazy. That was the fortune cookie. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, and and just God, like the... The full proper Star Wars intro. Like yeah, did, it was so beautiful, man. Like, like I gotta hammer this home too, man. Like right away, like he's like, well, let's like strap in, hang on. Like they're really driving home the gravitas, the magnitude, man. Like this right off the bat, you get that they are understanding it's the last four episodes, it's a pertinent arc. There's a cinematic scope and vision to this, and it's coming off. In a huge, huge way. And this is, again, for for big Star Wars fans watching this show, there's seven seasons now, you know. We've had seven seasons and never have they once changed the intro. To have this, you know that it's special. Like Again, like you said, Kyle, the Lucasfilm thing, the, the Red Clone Wars, it's... It's right there, man. We're right there on the cusp. The war is almost over, and yeah, man, it's it's all coming to a head. Oh, it's just it was just so like my jaw hits the floor as soon as that green Lucasfilm logo comes up, and I'm like, what are they doing? What are they yep. doing here? Like this, yeah. What? Right away, the comfort zone is is broken, and you know that they're t- we're, they're taking us somewhere with this, and like just like this heavy dog. Yeah, like no kidding. Like, and they take us right into the outer rim sieges that that Anakin references in in Revenge of the Sith. Like that opening montage was just bonkers. You seeing Ala Sakura, seeing uh, Plo Koon, all these settings that we've already visited, you know, fifteen years ago. And to see, like, th- we're here. This is this is it. Like, we are overlapping with Revenge of the Sith. It's craziness. Like Carlos, what, how, what was your reaction when you first get into this? Are you? How long did it take for for this to, episode to just grab you and throttle you? The title card, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's, it's gonna be hard to be right anything away. other than unanimous with this. This is gonna be nuts. Yeah, that you no. knew right away when you saw it. I'm like, oh, this is so different. Oh my god, they're doing it. They're do- they're going nuts. 
they're really doing it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was, um, you know what? Like they could have just said, oh, let's make a Clone Wars uh, movie. Like they started off with one, they had a series and then they could have said, okay, and now we're finishing off the Clone Wars with a movie. Yeah, nice book. Uh, a nice bookend, and and it could it could have been the last four episodes of this season. Um, and we didn't have to have any of the first seven or eight episodes, and I think I would have been okay with it because this is what I wanted. This this is what I wanted from a conclusion of the series. I, it, it, just, you know, it just took us a while to get there. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm sure there's, you know, week to week. They they, they made their, their business plan. And they're like, yeah, another season is probably better for us. Um, you know, they'll, they're making, they'll make their money back better probably that way. I uh, disagree, man. I think they would have made it back. Like you said, if they would have just done the movie, people would have watched it. But the amount of... Uh, time, care, and quality that I find in the animation and stuff right now, it's off the charts. It's like really different than both Rebels and the original Clone Wars. Like they've taken it to the next level, man. Like to yeah. so much so to a point that last episode, there's this scene, right, where um, Bo-Katan notices that Ahsoka's roaming around and she turns and looks at the building and just the way it was, I'm like, is this mocap? You know what I mean? It was that good. Like the the fluidity of their movement was so real. Oh, it's it's yeah. I mean, it, it, the animation has has gone next level with this, absolutely next level. Um, Carlos, you bring up an interesting question though. Like, had they just said, you know what, when we go back to last year. Uh, the Clone Wars saved reveal. And if, if they had just said, and we're going to just do we're, we're, a movie, never mind season seven, but we're going to book and end it with a movie. We all would have lost our minds regardless because, hey, we're getting it back, even if it's just for a couple hours. I wonder how this movie would have performed. Never mind COVID-19. Just under normal circumstances, I wonder what a Clone Wars movie does at the box office now. That's a really... It wouldn't question. have hit the box office. I think they would have kept it on the Disney Plus. No, no, I'm like, just, I'm just, yeah, for sure. But I'm just wondering aloud, like if they had said, because people are talking about like, man, it would have been great if they just edit these together and throw it into the theater. Like what if that had have been the plan to put this movie in theater at some point in 2020? I wonder what kind of business it 150 does. 150 to 200 million. I think they make more now because th th this is this is what I was going to say is right now uh, Disney reached the, the the 50 million subscriber mark. Yep. So 50 million times nine bucks a month. <laughs> that's 45 million. Uh, 450 million. Yep. A month. And so that's three months of Clone Wars episodes every Friday. Yeah, assuming everybody who has a subscription watches Clone Wars. No, no, for sure. But I'm just saying you, you have to put it into um, the context of like Star Wars is a big draw for Disney+. Plus. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Like they, they pinned the whole marketing of, of 
the service to Mandalorian as far as original content goes. Like all of it was on the back of the Mando. It was a pop culture phenomena. It was. It really was. Anyway, I, I wonder how this movie would have done in theaters. It will never, obviously never know. And it's just conjecture, especially now asking the question since we're all like head over heels in love with what they're doing. So we'd say, oh my God, bajillions of, of dollars. No, I think it makes more. It makes more on Disney Plus. You're, yeah, you, you might be. You might very well be right. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty much guaranteed. Well, I can't guarantee it because I don't. I don't have the, uh, the the ability to go back in time and make the movie. But uh, it it just makes more sense. And and I think that's the the calculation they made, and it's the reason why Kenobi is a series and not and not a movie. Um, I would you know, love to see lot. those those equations though that all that math to see which what makes more sense on the service what makes more sense on the big screen how do yeah. they come to that math I that's the kind of stuff that just fascinates me to no end yeah I think yeah. the big the big screen is is what they they want their legacy to be but their their cash cow their money it's going to be the service well it's funny because you know what I, the two most well received things over the last six months service yep. Mandalorian blew people away, and this this arc is going to leave a, a, a huge impact. I think when we're done with Siege of Mandalore, I think we're just going to be all sweaty and exhausted, like we ran a race, and go, man, that was something else. That was something else, and it's going to be Mandalorian and Siege of Mandalore that we're just going to go, holy cow! And then Disney's going to go, Mandalorian seemed to be really popular. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe look into that Lucasfilm. Um, I I just want to say something, but like like getting into it, like I've I've a bit of a theory, Kyle. You can maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we got the impression from Return of the Sith, right? We get the impression that uh, Anakin and Obi Wan are just arriving to the battle above Coruscant, right? Yep. And in Tartakovsky. in the Tart. Tarkovsky Clone Wars is because they were on another somewhat side mission or whatever, and they're just showing up late to the party. That being the case, we know that Anakin and Obi-Wan are part of this fleet right now as they're departing from Ahsoka saying, ciao, bye, you know? And we, you know, it looks like the last meeting between Anakin and Ahsoka in this episode, like... And it was a pretty proper send-off with the lightsabers, you know, giving her lightsabers back. Well, look at you racing ahead. Oh, <laughs> either way. Yeah, no, it's it, yeah, for sure. Like this, this move. Like, so that those, means those klaxons go off. Uh, that, on... that means they could possibly be in this Siege Mandalore arc still, you know, it looks like they kind of sealed the deal and closed it off. And it looks like it's going to be so Ahsoka's soul story. But at the same time, you know, now it would want an explanation as to why they're showing up in those fighters. If they're not helping Ahsoka, you know what I mean? Like they were on the cruiser going to Coruscant, no reason for them to be in fighters. So it seems maybe at one point, Hopefully they'll diverge from that path and be like, we got to go help Ahsoka do something quick on Mandalore, get to the party late to help the chancellor. Well, I think, I think now the idea is they, you know, they, they split from wherever they are here on this cruiser 
Ahsoka goes with Bo-Katan to Mandalore. And the rest of the fleet heads off to Coruscant. And we pick up in Revenge of the Sith. That's Obi-Wan and Anakin launching out of their cruiser and diving into battle. Ah, uh, see, yep. that, that's that's what I was going to say, too. That's the, the loophole kind of. I think it's that seamless now. I, I, that's, you know, I, and I think the conversation between Ahsoka and Obi-Wan is kind of reinforces that. Like, you're going there, like you're bailing political pawns. Like, I think that's exactly what goes on here. That was so good, man. Like, I'm not trying to be. Going right back to that beginning there, like the the, the, uh, the battle on Urbana, I think the planet is. Just like that bridge battle. And it's it's chaos on that bridge. The clones are getting mowed down. Cody's about to get it. And oh, like, what a great intro reintroduction for Obi-Wan. Just the saber chopping down that that missile. And then you get the pan up to Obi-Wan. It was glorious. Like my kids both squealed. Love that moment. But it, man, right in that moment, it just, it twists the knife. Because you know, it hurts that much more to know that in just a couple days from now, Cody's going to fire on Obi-Wan without a second thought. And that yeah. hurt. That hurt. Uh, Cody's Obi-Wan's boy. Yeah, he is. But, you know, that that's that's about to expire. And I like what you're saying here, Kyle. Like, Kyle I just want to drive that home a bit as well, man. Like the whole thing with Anakin, with Anakin showing up in the scene, Obi-Wan... You know, like really, they're in dire straits. Like everybody, take cover. You know, the 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 battalion is on them hardcore, and Anakin just coming and you know, just kind of like super strutting nonchalant, strutting up, dodging laser blasts, saying like, you know, I can just cower with you guys or do something. This is to me the. Anakin that Obi-Wan is telling Luke of when you see him in a new hope, right? Yep. Like that's the guy like you almost a cunning warrior. Just see he's there like reminiscing the last, this is probably the last time they're in battle together in the clone wars. If they're rushing back to save the chancellor, the next battle is a space battle directly to infiltrating a ship and rescuing the chancellor. So this is their actual last war battle together. And to see Anakin in, in such form, not giving a crap, having it under control, my battle's done. I've come to sweep up yours. Like his his power is really exponential. Like when you see him face off against Dooku now, you even more so understand when he says, My powers have doubled since the last time we met. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's true. Yep. Yes, yeah, so- I don't know how he quantifies that, but uh <laughs> You know, he must okay. know. He yeah. must know. Come on. Ah, he's just he's just talking smack. He yeah, might be right. But it's but... it's clearly evident. Yeah, I think again the experience that the Clone Wars have lent him, sadly, have just putting him put him again like a little wise beyond his years. Like no, he's, he's always got the cunning. Anakin's an idiot. He's got cunning. I think they've driven home the fact that he's a cunning warrior and uh, a great strategist. Like the battle droids fear anakin skywalker because he's the maverick right well sure i mean yeah anakin is a is a great warrior there's no question but he's still an idiot like he's he's he still is of the mind that that's that solves everything and that's actually what leads him to fall apart anyway um i missed this the first time around 
and I don't know, I, I must have had things in my eyes blurring my vision, but uh, R2 rushing up to see Ahsoka. Like there's that, that that wide yeah, shot. That's I, so I, good. I, he just like, just speeds right up to her. And I, then I had something in my eyes again after that. It was, it was so weird. It kept happening. I just, you know. <laughs> it was great, man. Honestly, it's, it's an exact, it's an inverse of the first time they meet, I believe. Uh, I don't remember that, but I've seen, I saw a photo on Twitter, man, where basically I don't know if it's the movie or it must be the movie, but you know, Ahsoka's getting introduced to Anakin, and it's a complete inversal of that scenario. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, when they meet on Christophsis. Yeah, she comes down to meet them. In this case, they go up to meet her. Yep, that's that's a good call. But you know, I I like. I mean, I think one of the the great thing about the previous arc, as long as it was, and as air quotes uneventful as it was, is that it gave Ahsoka this this sense of autonomy and this sense of defiance about her. And so, like when she meets up with Anakin and Obi Wan again, like she barely gives Anakin the time of day. It's all business with her, and he Anakin wants to talk and catch up. He almost wants to go grab a drink, but she's like, no, no time for this. And like, not even, not even so much that, like, I feel like he's taken aback because he feels guilty and like, he just wants kind of like some kind of reassurance from her that it's okay, master, I forgive you or whatever it is. But this yeah, is another, it be like it was, this is another variable in his, is a uh, path or downward spiral to the dark side. You can see that it, it clearly hurts him and affects him in a way that, you know, she kind of just says, look, there's no time for our feelings. Let's get to business. But he's like, oh, my feelings. I'm a Skywalker. Yep. Those Skywalker <laughs> boys are no good with their feelings. But yeah, I, I, and I love how she gives Obi-Wan the gears. Like when they're standing oh, yeah. on the table, she just gives it to him. Like when he's like, okay, well, we're going back to Coruscant now. Change of plans. And she just le- rips into him. Like it, it's another yep. like flashing neon sign that Ahsoka has reached this place where like well, she me. says it straight up. She says straight up, like, I've been out there now. I've seen and heard what the people believe that the Jedi should be, what I believe they should be, you know. And you guys are just, like, your pawns lost. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, every – like, Qui-Gon is the only exception. He's the only other Jedi to get it that we know of. You know, like, the, she knows. Like, Ahsoka knows, as Qui-Gon knew, that the Jedi are supposed to help people like politics be damned we help and just to see us uh, ahsoka lean into that and rip obi-wan a new one in the process yeah it's so good too that, it's that like, was a good character moment for ahsoka is it the heart of course on is under attack like blah 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 and like it's like the the republic needs us like no the chancellor needs you he's like that's not fair it's, it's, i'm that, not trying to be that's a sick oh, burn so too. good that's a sick oh, yeah. burn but it's also it, it just it's like she knows it, her though, growth. What's that, Carlos? I said it's it's kind of like she knows something. Well, she does. She she sees, you know, having been on listening to Trace and Rafa basically, you know, tell her, you know, you're what the Jedi should be. Like you were selfless. You did this. You did that. She doesn't uh, apply like she doesn't apply the dogma of them of what they're doing right now to her life. So no, what, I'm, what I'm saying is it's it's like she, it's like she knows that Palpatine is is not on the up and up. Yeah, you're right. 
And she'll, and it's, you know, also from a, like an altruistic standpoint, she's like, she's, you're, of course you're going to help the politician, the guy that can help you, the guy that gives you power, the guy who like, almost like signs your paycheck, so to speak. Yeah. You would run to him to help him. Wouldn't you like forget the little people. You know, it's almost like the bailouts that we see companies getting right now. Yeah. Of course you'd bail them out. Uh, don't don't, <laughs> don't go there. Don't go there. No, no, no. Steer clear. Uh, the Shaq T mention. That's one that sort of got people scratching their heads. Um, like, what is her canon death now? And because it was said in the episode that Shaq T is on Coruscant guarding the Chancellor. But, you know, there's that deleted scene on, on the Revenge of, of the Sith disc where Grievous stabs her on the, on the, on his ship. But the, yeah, canon, yeah. the current canon death is uh, Anakin kills her. Uh, during his raid on on uh, the Jedi Temple, so I I don't know if this muddies that at all. I I guess there's just like a, a different sequence of events. Like Shakti was with the Chancellor on Coruscant, and she lost him, and so she I guess having failed to protect him, she goes back to the Jedi Temple to to sit by herself and think about what she's done. <laughs> you know I I don't know. And then Anakin, Anakin kills her later. That I guess that's how it goes. Anyway, um, what else do you want to talk about, guys? I mean, I just, I'm just, all I can do is just geek out over this episode. Like, I don't really have a sequence of events here, but uh, Siege of Mandalore itself, like that assault on Mandalore, like that was a trip. Like I said, I've, I've got no coherent thoughts on it, but. <laughs> seeing Ahsoka and Rex together on that gunboat heading down to the surface. Actually, in atmosphere, seeing all the, like, the Republic ships with all yeah. those Mandalorian fighters. Oh, that was a a chef's kiss moment. That was a great Dude, shot. That that whole scene, oh, it's a, me as well, goosebumps kind of inducing moment. But my son, man, like that whole scene, Ahsoka totally pulling a Captain Rogers well, sorry, didn't get you a jetpack. I don't need one. Race you to the bottom, just like the old days, kind of, you know. Oh man! Then she just takes off, using the wills of the force. Just knows she's gonna be okay. The confidence, saving people along the way, it's so good. And then when she lands with the crash of the ship with the explosion, like my son's jaw was on the on the floor, man. He was just like, and he was like out loud. He's like, holy cow, like. Yeah, that was wild. and that was just yeah that was like cinematic moment man well, like, yeah i was gonna say like, just that, was, that was a moment home. that was like you imagine that moment on the big screen yeah man it's just kind of driving home ahsoka's uh, her come homecoming you know what i mean like she's full circle now man like she's not to be trifled with like she's a force unto herself yep for sure. And I think the, you know, the greatest thing, and it, we talk so much about how like so much of the story can be heard in the music and just like the music at that moment where Ahsoka jumps into action, it's the exact same music as when Anakin and Obi-Wan get to the battle of Coruscant. And it's just like that overlap of this is happening while that happens. And it's just, it's what a gut punch moment in a good way. Like, wow, these two stories are just so it's a very tight handshake that these two stories are having right now. And it's beautiful. I love it so much. And that, that's another question 
mark to raise as well like how far into the the aftermath of return of the sith can we possibly play into in this four-part saga i think we go right through it man we're gonna at some point we're gonna see the we'll see order 66 uh, that's what i'm saying man like are we gonna see that like have they, sure. they seem to be setting it up like you said umbara and I, I yeah, I think we're gonna get there. I, I I don't even think capturing Maul will be the peak of this arc. I I might no. Be wrong. I think the peak of the arc is gonna be how she escapes sixty six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it's gonna have to do with her and Rex. Yep. I think it's it's gonna the fourth episode is gonna be Order sixty six drops, or end of third episode Order sixty six and cliffhanger. As the clones all turn on Ahsoka, and then. How does she escape that? And where does she go in the final moments? I think that will be what we're talking about come May 4th. Hopefully we get to, I didn't notice if Wolf was there, but, you know, Wolf and Gregor, hopefully they're kind of, you know, they just throw them kind of in as Easter eggs. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, I love that, that the scene down below in the, in the tunnels, when you know that Ahsoka's walking into a trap and the clones just kind of run off. <laughs> yeah, and they're like getting and you just hear them getting picked off and until it's just ahsoka left there's something very uh i feel like i've seen that movie before but it was done to you know such what it great, is great effect here you know what i think it is it, it struck me there's a scene in rebels where ezra is in the temple and he's kind of going through a bit of a trial and the Inquisitor is kind of chasing him everywhere in that temple, and he keeps seeing illusions that aren't necessarily true. Like, he's seeing the ghost crew die, basically. Like, he leads them back to the ghost crew, and the Inquisitor kills everybody, or they're talking trash about him, too, in there. But, it, like, the, the filming of it is... It reminded me instantaneously of that. Yeah, that's, that, that's a good pull. I no, I, I I was I was thinking of like I've seen a movie before where you know the protagonist is lost in a series of mirrors or or tunnels and that person's team is just getting ripped apart and you know it's you know it's going to a bad place. Maybe somebody's seen it before can help me out, but I feel like I've seen that particular story beat before. Um you know, I I was talking to Kigo in conversation on, on Facebook and holy cow, like of all the Star Wars like we've ever gotten, front to back, of everything we've ever gotten, like this single episode may have gotten the most. Uh, Corey, you're talking about your like your son's reactions. Like it may have gotten the most frequent and intense reactions from my kids as well. And I'll I'll throw myself in that mix. Like this was just a hugely magical episode. Like my my son got all keyed up in a way that I have not seen him since like the, the Mando's first episode where he kind of grabs charge of that big e-web blaster and he just mows down those thugs. I think he got all jazzed up for that, but, and he was like the same way for this. And then uh, like that, that uh, the battle on the bridge on Urbana, like when Anakin showed up, oh, he's like, Hey, Anakin, there's Anakin. And he, both, both my kids squealed when R2's receptor went up <clears throat> and you see him like clung to the side of the bridge. And then like when the, when the clones, rocket into action and the the fanfare picks up like my son was i'm not like he was bouncing up and down on the couch 
like it was crazy like it just got him and he was so he was so happy and then like when my when uh ahsoka was racing rex to the bottom i, I passed a glance at my daughter ear to ear smile my wife was smiling i was smiling my son's still buzzing from earlier in the movie um and again there's that that shot of ahsoka from the promo poster where she lands on the dock with the explosion behind her like that's like this legendary stuff here but in that moment like my daughter stops she and she goes she t- picks up my phone and she goes take a picture of the tv screen so i so i can make that my wallpaper that's awesome and obviously i can do her one better and find the actual picture on the web but like she had never seen that picture before until that moment and she's like i want that as my wallpaper right now and it is it's her wallpaper right now nice oh man uh, same thing with my son too man like that whole scene when that was like the climax of that whole scene you know like and just to see her kick so much butt on the way down and just for the climax in that moment my son too was just like oh like me too like even my uh, my girl man like you know she's a fan of star wars she's watched clone wars with us she necessarily she doesn't necessarily watched it chronologically and stuff she's watching uh, rebels with us slowly slowly you know we're like halfway through season two now but uh you know i was like you got to watch this with us it was our saturday night man and it's the second time i watched it but again just gonna say that again just watching it with them watching it together as a family and their reactions and just her actually saying like man that was because I kind of said, you know, it's special and blah, blah, blah. I built it up a bit, you know, but it lived up to expectations. And even my, my girl was like, man, that was, that was something. That was, that was something. Yeah. I mean, that's all, that's all I can say. <laughs> that was something like even, even the way it ends, you know, with, with Ahsoka down in that little hole and surrounded by Mandos and, or Maldalorians and Maul, Maul himself, like, and then credits. Yeah. Why are you here? Yeah, which is a pull right out of like the Last Jedi. I don't. Know, we can make that parallel too. Even when Anakin struts out, there's another Last Jedi pull, like facing down the army. I think Dave was teasing. I agree. Yeah, that, that came to mind right away as well. Yep. And instead of like firing, she's like, like we surrender. Hey, just yeah, a Skywalker tooling with the whole army. It just like just everybody in my family like. Like it's my second viewing, so I knew, but it ends. Oh, <laughs> like, like they, they wanted them to fire. No, no, we no, no, no. Like at the end of the episode, when it just goes credits, you know, Maul's got Ahsoka right where he wants her, and done. Like we need that at next episode now. It almost seemed like that this episode was longer than normal. It was. It was eh? It was a full half hour. Yeah, that's what I thought. Up, yes, like, I, up, did, I didn't. Yeah, it's like a full third longer than we're used to. Yeah, I was uh, not, not. I didn't look into it, but I knew something was up. I'm like, this feels longer. Oh, it was for sure, for sure. Uh, and I, I was kind of hoping. I didn't get my hopes up, but when when I started playing it, I just tapped my phone just to see. Twenty nine minutes, nice. Like, and I hope it continues this way. Hey, if it was, if they're all like an hour, I, I won't complain about that either. Yeah, it's gonna be a two hour film, man. Part one, two, three, four. It's so good. So good. So good. Bob, Bob, Bob. Oh, God. So good indeed. Um, I've, you know, I've been really, I've mentioned this before on, on, especially the, the pods where we talk about the books. 
I want to see how they overlay this story with what's already established in the Ahsoka novel about the Siege of Mandalore. Like, how That's close it. are I've they heard... going to stick? I've heard there's already discrepancies. There Wesley. are discrepancies. And that's weird to me. I, like unnecessary ones. Like in the book, Ahsoka's lightsabers are specifically mentioned as green. Here they're blue. Why? Like, I don't understand the need to switch it like that. It's got to be something like. Like, like they were always blue. No, her sabers were green. Oh, that's true. Well, Annie can tweak them, no? Yeah, and he, he kind of gives her that little wink, says, I, I may have made them a bit better. So Filoni has, has his reasons for making them blue, and I accept that. But here in the novel, they're green, and I, I that kind of thing just, just sticks on my craw a bit. Like, I don't like that kind of discrepancy. Well, where is it at? The, where are they at that point in the novel? Well, it's, it's the prologue of the book. This, this is Siege of Mandalore. Is the prologue of the Ahsoka novel. Like, there's direct overlap. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's dialogue between Ahsoka and Anakin in this prologue. Like, uh, here, he says, uh, Be careful, Ahsoka. He told her before handing over her lightsabers and running off to save the Chancellor. So they kept that story point completely intact. But there's an extra line of dialogue from, from Anakin here. Maul is tricky, and he has no mercy in him at all. Like, it wouldn't have hurt to throw that line in, just to make these things completely sync up. He sent it by a text message. Sure. Okay. (laughs) And there's there's a good bit of... There's there's some cool... um, And this is yet to be seen in this arc, but there's a cool bit of trash-talking that goes on between Maul and Ahsoka. (laughs) I love it. I gotta find it here. Um, yeah, so Maul says, it was so nice of your former masters to send you out alone and spare me the ex- exertion of a proper fight, Maul said. You're not even a real Jedi. <laughs> the paragraph, blah, blah, blah. Ahsoka's answer, it'll be a fair fight then, she retorted, looking up him, looking him up and down. You're only half a Sith. Ooh. That had better be in the goddamn episode. <laughs> <laughs> I want her to call him Haffy or something. Like that is a sick burn. That's a, and that, you know he she gave Obi Wan the sick burn. I wanted to do another one on on Maul here. So interesting stuff. Um, you know the, the opening five pages of the Ahsoka novel is pretty pretty good reading, and I just it's not my favorite book by any stretch. So I won't cry to myself to sleep if they overwrite it too much. I just, I just get really curious about why the need f- for these odd changes. Anyway, uh, guys, I think that'll do it. Anything else to say on this episode? Love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm really looking forward to the next ones. Um, I, I don't want the the series to be over. Um, but I mean, obviously, you know, when you you make something that's in between two pieces of bread, there's only so much meat you can put in between two slices of bread. And um, yeah, if I could put uh, my two cents, I lost two myself, cents in, then I just like- I lost myself in a food analogy, and now I'm hungry. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think they still could have made two of the arcs three episodes and squeezed in two like wanderer uh, uh, fluff episodes, whatever you want to call them. Like, you know, just get that classic Clone Wars vibe in there. And, you know, we could have got maybe a Cad Bane story. That would have been nice. But I'm not complaining. No, I mean, look, I, look at it this way. We never should. Uh, this whole seventh season is a gift, right? And they're going out with a huge bang. And I just, I, I wonder, like, given the pace of this first episode, can they keep that pace? At least, you know, if, if they can't keep up that frenetic action for another hour and a half, can they at least maintain the intrigue? Like, can will there be a dip, a lull, an episode where we go, yeah, you know, we, you, you, you can't you can't do this to us. You got you got to bring the straight fire for four straight episodes. I no, hope it's true. Do. You don't want to see Ahsoka captured for another three episodes. You know what I mean? No, like I don't even I don't want to see her captured for half an episode. No. You know. Anyway, I in Filoni I trust. I'm sure this is going to be just again. They I think they have so much confidence in what they're doing, given the way they started it off with the logo card and all that stuff, and go, doing away with tradition. I think we're in for it. Like, I think we're going to just be puddles by the end of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the last season of Rebels. I mean, that was breakneck throughout for the most part, especially when we got toward the end. And this, you know, they've had so much time to plan. And this is it, the last final four. And like you said, Kyle, the way they're setting themselves up, they got a plan and a half. Even Sam Witwer, seeing him on Twitter, like just basically saying, you know, the last episode, how this ends is not going to end the way people think and that it's going to blow people's minds, which is hard to believe. You know, we kind of have an idea where things are going, but at the same time, they are still going to pull some punches. Uh, well, pulling punches would mean I think that they hold stuff back. I think you mean the opposite. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna throw some punches. Sorry, they're gonna throw a lot of punches. A lot of haymakers are coming our way. A bunch of uppercuts too. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sam Whitworth said that this. I think I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think he has said that this is the best thing they've ever done, which is high praise, which is crazy. And Corey, I want to know how many rebels references you've made tonight. I Thanks think it was Bradley. seven. I lost. I lost count at seven. Good. I'm Lord. just happy you you watched it, Carlos, and Bradley watched it, and whoever watched it, good for you guys. Hope you enjoyed it anyway um i think i hope uh we're done here this is i think it was two hours well spent as far as i'm concerned i hope everybody out there enjoyed listening to us geek out about star wars for another week uh but that's going to do it for this episode uh if you want to be part of the podcast send your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com we will get them on a future episode and uh happy to do so and i just want to say thank you to Dave Hackerson for becoming a powerful friend over the weekend. Thank you very, very, very much, Dave. It's much appreciated. Uh, and you'll hear from Dave. Uh, Dave actually, we've got an episode of of uh, Luminous Beings coming up this week for our patrons. And it's we took a left turn this week, and it was a welcome left turn. Really looking forward to dropping that in the feed for our powerful friends. If you want to hear it, you go over to pa- patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and sign up, and you'll hear that episode uh, and everything else that we do, and we do a lot. And I think we're, we're during this lockdown, I think we've been doing some pretty damn good stuff. So if you want to support us and you want to get some extra content for your podcast feed, check us out on Patreon and support us on our podcasting journey. 
Uh, shout out to our good friend Rob Wade from Talk Star Wars and from Emotionally 14 for endorsing this episode of the podcast as part of the E14 Endorsed Program. You can learn more about that at Emotionally14.com. And be sure to check out our pals at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Great, great shows. Everybody's doing great work. Everybody's doing something a little bit different in the galaxy far, far away. And you can check that out. We've got a group on Facebook. We're on Twitter, Star Wars Commonwealth, and on Apple Podcasts as a podcast provider. So that's it, guys. With all that out of the way, Carlos, where can we find you on social? You can find me at the Funny Carlos on Twitter and Instagram or at ccandidomusic or carloscandidomusic.com. Excellent. Over to you, Corey. Well, you know, as always, everybody hit me up at Chop Rules with a Z. You can't keep me down. <laughs> and uh, yeah, join yes. us in our closed Facebook group. It's, uh, I don't know, it's nice. It's a nice little haven of Star Wars, man. Indeed. Come check it out. Star Wars Facebook, our, our closed f- Facebook group, Tumbling Saber. Check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. Um, yeah, I'm also at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I'd love to connect with you there. And uh, that's going to do it, everybody. Uh, episode. This episode is in the books. We're done for this week. We'll catch you again next week. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Keep your hands clean and may the force be with you. <laughs> Keep your hands clean. Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams fall away Signs blindly
Those walls you build is all for me And I Become The man I want to be Your love And your own Please don't leave my heart broken And bleeding Now you're running Now you're running away